Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. We are glad to have everybody with us, whether you are on the treadmill or riding in your car or eating a cheeseburger like Bill probably is when he listens to this. <laughs> no, Or if you're binge watch or binge listening to this season, this is season two, episode six. You're on your sixth episode of the day already that you've listened to <clears> this <throat> all. Just could you imagine listening oh, to us six times in better, a row? Yeah, what better an afternoon could somebody have? I, I can't imagine anything. Pretty sure more. that's either purgatory or <laughs> one step even worse. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> if we get to purgatory, that. that's what we're going to hear is us. Like, if oh, you're no. listening to this on times five speed, uh, <laughs> Well, Father, as always, can you uh, open us with a prayer? Well, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God, who didst entrust the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us the same spirit to be truly wise and to ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, this is the first time we've kind of been back together as our group. You know, Matea has not missed a session here. No, we have done it without her once, I think, before. Just the yeah, once. it was not pretty, though. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, nobody's missed a session except for Bill. Except for Bill. Yeah. Thinks going to Boston is more important than hanging out with us. So, <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I think we had like five times as many listens probably. Probably. Of... Yeah, we had an, you know, world famous guest on, Jason Everett. That's they, true. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't listened to that Actually, episode I yet. Yeah, I have no idea if it had any difference, <laughs> if, oh. it, if it performed any differently. But. We'll have to look at the stats, see how it does uh, for us. So uh, we're going to start with topic one here. So giver or robber of energy. All right. Gosh, I love that bumper music. It is just awesome. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, all right. So uh, what is something that either gave you energy this week or stole your energy? I'm going to let you guys think and I'll start us off. But I just returned from Dallas where I was at the NCEA conference, the National Catholic Education Association uh, convention that they had there in Irving, Texas. It's pretty cool. We went out at uh, Cowboy Stadium one day. Uh, we're able to have dinner there, go through the locker rooms. I wore a K-State shirt, and they also had, uh, when I walked into the media room, had K-State playing TCU in the Big 12 championship there on the TVs. Don't know if that was just random or they liked my K-State lavender, but, uh, you know, great chance to network with a whole lot of educators, teachers, principals, superintendents, athletic directors, preschool teachers, uh, priests. I mean, everybody was there, probably about, I guess, 4,000. So I definitely gave me energy. It is a long couple days, you know, long drive down there, but can't wait to go next year. It's in Pittsburgh though. That's a longer drive. So I think you're going to have to fly. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so too. Father Jarrett, what gave you energy or robbed your energy? Well, I'm going to go with, uh, it's, we are in the Easter season as we speak. And the reality of that is, uh, there's a number of things throughout the season that give me energy. If, if nothing else or one of the things I guess is that we read from the acts of the apostles, um, which I don't know, 
maybe that's kind of an inside thing for a priest uh, to sort of know and to be something that gives energy. But it's always amazing and intriguing to read the Acts of the Apostles and to see the church just enlivened by the Holy Spirit and just on fire. And, you know, thousands upon thousands are kind of turning to faith in the gospel and Jesus Christ. And so I just always love this time of year. Maybe it's because the, the Lenten sacrifice is, is over and the victory of the resurrection is, is now celebrated. And, uh, but there's just so many aspects about Easter that, that I love and that the Easter season goes on for 50 days, basically, ultimately until Pentecost. And so, yeah, that's, that's what's given me energy. There I got a go. question. What, I mean, you got those pews in yet at your church, or what are we waiting, what are we waiting on? <laughs> Robber of energy? Is that what you're asking <laughs> yeah. me about? Is, so uh, pews aren't there yet, though, right? No. Okay. No. No. Uh, they are not. Okay. In fact, that was one of my phone calls down here <laughs> on the drive down here today was to the pew company. So we'll <laughs> pew, see. Pew, 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 We'll see where they are by next episode. <laughs> All right. Bill, what's giving you energy or robbing your energy? Uh, well, I, I was given energy. I, I spent the entire weekend with 25 couples from around our diocese um, going through a program called Evermore in Love. And uh, you want to talk about just an energy given weekend, just these people are so awesome. Their families are so awesome. Listening to them talk and just getting to know them was awesome. And so, you know, uh, we finished up last night, probably about five or six, and, and I was tired, but but it was just soul renewing to be around those uh, those couples. And so uh, that's what gave me a lot of energy and, and hope for the future, too, is, is they've got a lot of young kids. A lot of them do, or grandkids, and they're working with them. And, and uh, so that gave me a lot of energy. Where was the uh, Evermore in Love so event at? We actually hosted it in Hayes. Um, they got a chance to stay at one of our nice hotels, and then we went to actually at TMP. And so it was actually kind of cool, too. All these people have never been inside TMP, and they walk in and like, oh, man, this is a nice, neat building. They go into our chapel, they're like, oh, Oh, look at these windows, and uh, and they they enjoyed the tradition of the building and things, and so uh, it was it was also really nice that uh, the good Lord gave us cool temperatures because the air conditioning wasn't working that day, and so uh, it was really nice to have cool temperatures. So even the good Lord smiled on us on on that whole deal. Is this something that'll be done? Is this annual? This is going to be annual. So those couples, the goal of that program is those couples will go accompany new engaged couples as they uh, join uh, in matrimony. Um, and so then we hope to get 25 more trained next year and 25 more trained after that. And and our goal is to have multiple couples in each parish so that uh, no matter how many marriages you have, there are people who can train and help with that. But the other thing, too, it's a good uh, renewal for uh, the married couple as well and a strengthening uh, for that couple. So they actually get something out of it, too, through that whole thing. And so it was cool to see. You know, one of the cool things about, like, either EE weekend or marriage encounter weekends or those sort of things is couples start like this as the weekend goes. And you can't see this because you're listening. But they've, yeah, they've got a little... <laughs> you can't use hand motions <laughs> they've got on a, podcast, Bill. They've got a little <laughs> bit of separation. And then by the end of the weekend, you know, they're matched up right next to each other, tighter and closer, and, and it's cool to see that as the weekend goes on. And so uh, just kind of a neat deal and, and uh, got a chance to pray a lot. And the bishop came and did mass for him in the chapel. And so it was just a great weekend. So The uh, hotels did go through my uh, did they? debit good. card, so they're paid for. Good. That is go. good. So give me your receipt, please, <laughs> <laughs> so I can get that reconciled. Uh, we'll just give Ernie a hard time. <laughs> So do you think this will be, will Hayes host this every year or will we look to go around different areas? Depends. Like right now, Hayes is a good spot because we had probably more from the West than we had from the East. Um, but uh, but it could be something that moves around to different places. Uh, just nice to have a facility that you can go wherever and do whatever you need to do 
um, with, but. But not Pittsburgh. We did give them a flavor of Hayes too. So we gave them, except for I guess Sunday, but we gave them Taco Shop as one of their meals. And if you're a Hayes person, you know Taco Shop. And then Gellas was our our nice meal in the evening. And and uh, did but you bring? Did you, you give them a, snowballs? Hey, that was going to be my question. Some, uh-huh. them Some of them actually went and got snowballs. Good. Um, good. Did you I'm not bring a snowball. It in? You we did those bring them in. in. Okay. Yeah. So it was nice. pretty cool. And then uh, then they got Jimmy John's on Sunday. So that's not necessarily Hayes, but. But we were saying, like, we want to get you out of here fast, so we're going to get Jimmy Johns. Okay, while we're on snowballs, another question real quick that you got. That is not on our sheet, so this is, okay, spring, summer's about to be here. Might want a snowball or Sonic. Father, what's your go-to Sonic drink? Oh, Sonic drink. Uh, they uh, they had, they used to have, just recently had, a uh, like a peach raspberry Red Bull slushy. And no, thank you. <laughs> I, was all, I was all over that. You with a I Red Bull is scary. Yeah. <laughs> you get diabetes and a heart attack all in one moment. Yep, I loved it. I loved it. But they don't have it anymore, unfortunately. So Bill, I just do a regular slushy. Bill, what do you wash that burger down with? I, you know, in the summertime, I like cherry limeades. I've got nostalgia from kids. When we get done mowing with my dad, we'd go get Route 44 uh, cherry limeades or whatever. And so I like those. Matea. Um, I like a vanilla Dr. Pepper. Mm. All right. I like that too. I'm usually an iced tea, but recently I got these Sprite Zeros, and you can add mango and like peach to it. Is that what this is? That is what I have in front of me. Sorry. (laughs) Those of you listening, you can't see my drink or Bill's hand gestures. Yeah, hand gestures. So, all right. Sounds like we got a lot of things giving us energy. So, we'll head to our next topic. All right, uh, this next topic, we're going to link a video at the bottom of this that you should watch. It's Father Mike Schmitz, and it's also part of their new program talking about uh, the value of music and worship, and then also um, the value of uh, just spending time in adoration. Wait, oh, I didn't, I skipped, hold on, stop. (laughs) We can still go. Bill hasn't been here for a while, if you remember. We like to have these little bumpers, and so I think we'll insert the Price is Right music. Is it Price is Right on this one? Yes, I'll I'll Here we go, let's go. Okay, she's going to insert. It's time for the Billion Dollar Question. I'm looking around at you guys because you're looking at me like I'm a monster. Like, what are you doing? And I'm What's trying that? to figure out what I he got on my face. You just really wanted to or... hear the Price is Right music. I should have I should have pulled a Father Brian McCaffrey and said, "This is the part." Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now I don't even know where it was. Okay, mm. so watch the clip. It's a seven minute clip. Well worth it. Uh, the cool thing about it is just the understanding of. Uh, when you go to adoration or you go to mass, you are joining in with the communion of saints. And so all the saints and all the uh, angels who are constantly singing in worship of God, you know, we get a chance to join in with that. And I don't think we think about that very much. So the question is, why do we use music and worship? And I know that Father Jarrett is a musical guy. We know that since he was, you know, hanging out on the stage at the uh, Abilene Free Fair. Timmy uh, T. Timmy <laughs> T. Uh, but, uh, but I do know that you enjoy music uh, a lot. So why... Why do we use music in worship? And then more importantly, should we actually engage in that when it's going on in our church? You're you looking at me? I am. <laughs> this is me. Well, I just feel like you might have an idea. No, nah, I've got no idea. Move on. You want to get rid of <laughs> no, music? No. Uh, yeah, let's get it out of there. Uh, so multiple saints, and I think it's I think it's St. Augustine who is always coined as saying, and I'm not 100% sure that it's verifiably accurate that he's the one who said it, but uh, the reality that singing is praying twice. And so this sort of this natural human tendency that we have to 
lift our voice in proclamation, um, that it's something that kind of rises up out of our spirit in a sense. And so therefore it very much is connected to the spiritual realm and should be connected to the spiritual realm. And so that's why uh, there's a beauty with it, a natural beauty that comes with when we lift our, well, when most people lift their voices in song. No, what's uh, good. I'm even, not looking at anybody. No, I don't even, even know. For, so I'm not a great singer. Um, I was begged by my high school music teacher to join choir and it was Kathy Emmerine. Oh, <laughs> and uh, then she didn't ask me back the next year. But like, what I love about singing in church is like, I know I'm not a great singer, but when you hear others singing around you, you, you do it and, mm-hmm. and it's fun and it kind of drowns out my bad part. But I also want my son to hear me singing in church because when I sing in church, I think of when I heard my grandpa sing in church. I just, I don't know, the, you know, praying twice, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 I like that saying. Yeah. So I think there's something natural about it in the sense that like people who don't sing even still sing like in the, in the shower, like how often you hear that. And I was thinking about that actually just recently in the reality of, (laughs) yeah, that sounded weird thinking about, thinking about people singing in the shower, but, um, the reality of we are being refreshed, sort of physically refreshed and that there's something sort of naturally human about lift, like lifting your voice. Now I was thinking about that too, in terms of the the Exodus 90 and the cold showers that wasn't <laughs> thinking about singing. You are not singing That's during the, that because no, you just want to get out. That is no, a that was a, That's like, yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, it's just intriguing to me that it's a natural thing that people who don't normally sing, they will still sing in that moment. And I think it's kind of, I think there's something beyond just a, you know, just a private place or something, but what I like about the video that Bill had shared, like it's a, it's not just a person sitting next to a um, bookshelf talking about why we sing at mass or why song is important. Like it's a, a well done video kind of tutorial of, and there's graphics in there. So I think it'd be a well worth, you know, people seven minutes to click down below and take a look at that and maybe share with somebody else as well. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I was thinking about the fact that there's music throughout this video, obviously, and it's beautiful music, but the reality of the power of music, even just in soundtrack, like the difference of a movie and video uh, that's put together that has an actual beautiful soundtrack behind it just transforms the thing. Like I'm reminded of the movie Castaway. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie. Uh, Tom Hanks back in the day. With Wilson, the ball, yeah. Yeah, stranded on a desert or on a tropical island or whatever. And the entire movie from from front until the last quarter is without soundtrack. And then when he gets picked up by the passing boat is when the music starts in. And you just, I don't know, it hits, it hits me. Like, I'm kind of a music guy, but and soundtracks, I love soundtracks. But anyway, pay attention to that next time you watch Castaway. Uh, or just pay attention to the soundtrack that we some, so often, it just, we don't even know it's there, but it enhances it big time. Bill, what's one of your favorite songs that, during Mass? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm one of my favorites, everybody laughs at me. I like Seeky first. I really like that song. Don't ask me why. I just, it's beautiful. It's awesome. I don't know. I like it. Uh, I like then powerful, like my dad's an organ player. And so, and he likes to play it to like the top level and blow out the pipes. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you would say. It's not the speakers, but uh, uh, so I like crown them with many thorns or joy to the world or, 
you know, Jesus Christ is risen today or something like that. Like you can feel like the choirs of angels are actually in there because of the noise um, that can be produced. And, and uh, so I like those. What about you? So you crown them with many crowns. Crown them with many crowns, not crown them with many thorns. <laughs> That's like twice in two days I've said that. I don't know. Those are those like, uh, some of the songs you said are the ones that when we sing in church, like, I can hear my grandpa singing like, and you know, grew up Lutheran, but like a lot of the same, you know, yeah. hymnals and like, I can vividly hear his voice so much to the point, like my wife will look at me sometimes and I'll have a tear. She'll be like, are you crying again? Like, and we're just in church. And I'm like, I don't know. Like there's something powerful. You can just hear it. But, um, hearing our students sing 10,000 reasons, you know, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul like that. I've, it gets me. Every single time. And then like, we like to karaoke at home and my son will put that on as one of the songs. Like, and we'll do popular songs in that too, but like, it's pretty cool seeing a nine-year-old sing that and, and truly enjoy the song. So I'm, I'm thinking as you're, as you're mentioning that, just the emotional nature of it. And this was actually something I was going to share later, but I'm going to do it now because it fits into the topic. Uh, so I was in the church last week. The restoration is ongoing, obviously, and they were working on the organ and they were testing the organ. And I don't know if there's videos on Facebook. I don't know if anybody's watched it, mm. but uh, I actually just shared it this morning. But it's the the organ going on with the obviously the newly renovated, restored. At least the painting is done. And so I was standing there as they were playing G- Jesus Christ is Risen Today. And it was just like... The organ just sounded beautiful. It's been 650 something days since we played it, basically since the organ's been played in the church. And uh, yeah, it was profound. Is that a full pipe organ? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. The, the second part of that video is really good too, if you hang with it. One of the cool things is, is they're going through the music. They go through like some of the evolution of the music. So they've got the Gregorian chant and some stuff in there. Um, but then the end of it talks about then adoration and it's just a short little clip on that. And one of the cool things it's spoken about there is how cool is it that God makes himself vulnerable to come be with us. And so we just got done with the Relic Tour and the Eucharistic Miracles Tour not too long ago. And one of the things you see on the Eucharistic Miracles Tour is a lot of times someone maybe stole the host from the tabernacle or stole the tabernacle and just dropped the host in the field or something like that. And to think that God comes in a situation where he's just in bread and he's vulnerable and anybody could take him where he gets placed in our hands or on our tongues or something like that, that I don't know, there's something there to, to think about as well, which was kind of cool. So, uh, just a good clip all the way around. Bill, you reminded me when you brought up, you know, the host and Jesus in the Eucharist, like at St. Mary's at the school, when they do, uh, um, like a grade school service in the morning, sometimes they'll sing, uh, Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary. Like, and it is, you know, just the kids singing, like, I lose it then, too. Mm. I cried during Extreme Home Week over there. You know, when they used to move the bus <laughs> at the end, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Well, that, that Lord Prepare Me is one of those songs that'll stay in your head for the whole well, rest like, of the day, It's too. purposeful for right then, like, when, yep. you're, you know, you just got done and mm. um, receiving the Eucharist. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. Cool. All right, topic three. We are talking about saints among us. Let's talk about the saints among us. All right. So who did you see or encounter this week that was living out God's call for all of us to live? Let's go with Bill. Okay. I I put down uh, Joe and Marcy Holdren um, just because... 
Those are, they're my parishioners. Well, you can't use too darn bad. <laughs> uh, just because they came up and uh, went to, they were going to do as much as they could do for the retreat. Uh, so they came to the uh, Evermore in Love, and then they had to leave to go back and supervise prom, which you know is always one of those high risk, low reward sort of uh, nights. And then got up at like five o'clock in the morning and drove up so they could go to mass at St. Joe's before uh, go to confession, go to mass, and then they you know, spent the whole rest of their Sunday, uh, with us. And so I just thought that's a heroic effort that, uh, not everybody does. And, and I thought that was really cool. One that they went back and, and helped supervise and take care of prom for, for the school. And then, uh, um, just being able to hit both sides of that, it would have been very easy for them to be like, this is crazy. It's prom week. I'm not going to do that. Or I want to sleep in, in the morning. Um, but I thought that was cool. So shout out to Joe and Marcy Holden. Well, and shout out with those, and this isn't my shout out. This is just an add-on to my that. shout out. This is an add-on <laughs> to his shout out is the reality of all of those couples that have stepped up and said yes to that invitation. Like it's, it's huge to be committing that. And I think of with Joe and Marcy, especially, I mean, I'm probably all of those couples, but they've got a large family and they've got plenty of stuff on their plate. And so I, when the Bishop called and asked for possible candidates to it, um, I, I mentioned them as one of the one of the couples, and I would imagine not all of the couples that I mentioned said yes to the invitation. And so, to me, that's uh, pretty profound. All of those couples. So, Jeff, what about you? My shout out this week's going to go to our uh, staff, faculty at St. Andrews in Abilene. Just had the auction this past weekend. It was a Willy Wonka theme. It was pretty cool. Well done decorations. But the staff. Um, you know, work with their school council and other parishioners to put this together, and they really drive it. Like to see the teachers up there helping the auctioneer, carrying all the items, helping with the checkout at the end, uh, greeting everybody as they come in. I mean, it, it's just, it's an incredible community. You feel welcome when you walk in. You know, the teachers, their spouses are there, so they eat with them and have fun, and then they're back up on the stage just, just making it all go. I mean, they did mention the only probably bad thing they've had happen was Father Jarrett went to school there. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> they said these are the hallways the night train rolled <laughs> through. Yeah. You can see his footsteps in the ground. Oh, no, I think, and, you know, part of it maybe is too, it's a pre-K through five building. They're going to do a $3 million expansion. They're going to upgrade the kitchen, um, adding some classroom space so that students don't have to go to the basement of the parish anymore for music so we can keep all the kids within the building. And, you know, they started it about a year ago and they're going to be breaking the ground July 1st. So mm. really exciting for them. And uh, yeah, Father Peter and the teachers there are, are doing an awesome job. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I am a new, uh, I guess maybe be a continuation, not really, but so you, you mentioned Joe and Marcy Holdren. Well, Joe's dad is Greg Holdren. And I don't think I've mentioned him on our podcast before, but he is, uh, <clears throat> he and his wife, Maureen, actually just moved to Beloit uh, just a couple of years ago. And so Joe and his wife, and then they've got another son, Alan, um, and his wife, who Alan Holdren, who moved to the parish as well. But anyway, one of his great gifts among many is painting and he has given basically donated his skill to a lot of aspects of our restoration project so he actually painted an image a mural and mural image of john the baptist as a boy with the little lamb next to him which was a an image that had been there in the original painting of the church but then they wiped they whitewashed over it in the seventies, um, or four, fifth, I think it was in the seventies, but, um, 
And then he actually updated all of our stations and he has touched up our St. John the Baptist statue. Uh, so he's put his hand all, all over and just does an insanely amazing job. And he hasn't charged us any, anything for any of it. Whereas we got bids on some of this stuff and we're talking fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of funds that he's basically saving us for doing some of the work that he's doing. So, Father, I've watched some of those videos of where he's you know, painting the stations and was able to see him, you know, I don't know, a few months ago when I walked through one time with you and Father Andrew and, and he happened mm-hmm. to be in there still working on some of it, but it, it's amazing. But yeah. it's, I mean, our churches are beautiful and like, yeah, you know, if, if we don't have people who have the gifts and we have to pay for it, it, it is worth it because beauty is, beauty costs money and we mm-hmm. want the people to be inspired when they're in there and all that. So I think yep. it's, yep. it's awesome that he shared those talents with the parish. It's been a blessing for sure. All right, now we're going to head on to topic four. Mateo, we're going to surprise you. I don't think you had a bumper for this one. This is all about learning. So uh, I got a bumper for you guys about learning. Here we go. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading rainbow. I don't know if I can. I didn't even love to read as a kid, but I still watch that. I, I like show, it. that oh, yeah. show all the time. So I watched it. All right, with learning, it. guys, want to know what have you listened to, watched, or read recently that you would recommend to our four listeners? So <laughs> think of our, our parents and our spouses who are going to listen to this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start, give you guys some time. Mine would probably be just using the Hallow app more. Um, I still have the free version, haven't paid for it yet, but just having that hallowed app and the prayer and the meditation that it does and having the different background sounds in it. I mean, we've talked about music in this episode already today, but when I can put some birds chirping or the ocean waves like in the background, like it does truly help get you to that place. So I would just say digging in a little bit deeper uh, to hallow over the last few months has, has really helped me. So Father Jarrett, what about you? What have you listened to, watched recently? Yeah, I know we've mentioned this before, but I guess I'm going to mention it again because uh, it's something that I'm continuously listening to, which is the Catechism in a Year uh, by Father Mike Schmitz. Uh, it's, well, I don't even know if that's Ascension Presents or Ascension. I think we're on, a, press, we're on like day 108 or something. I didn't mind. Yeah, that. well, I'm on day 101, so <laughs> I kind of got, <laughs> so it is interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't driven to Salina in a while, so I haven't made sure I was caught up on it. So I was listening to it on the way down. Um, but it's it's amazing in the sense that, well, the catechism is amazing, but the reality is sometimes Sometimes when he reads the catechism, I can be zoned in. And then there's other times where like, I'm like, he finishes it. And I'm like, I didn't hear anything that he just read. But the beauty of it is then he goes, you know, kind of stanza by stanza and, and describes it. So there's times where even if I miss sort of the gist of what he read from the catechism, he does a great job of explaining it. So what's crazy when you think about all the ways that we learn, like Bible in a year and catechism in a year, we might look back in 30 years and be like, Wow, what those did yeah. for people worldwide is yeah. incredible. Probably yeah. can't even measure it. Yeah, I, I, I'm embarrassed to even tell you guys this. I haven't read the Catechism. You know, I think I've told every you know Luther's small Catechism I read as a kid. Like this has really helped. 108 days in, and I'm listening every day. And sometimes I listen on the way to dropping my kid off at school, and he just knows that it's part of what we do now. And it's just, yep. it's really cool. Cool. Uh, tool. So, Bill, what about you? What have you listened to? Uh, I just got done uh, with Ernie Johnson's book, Unscripted, 
and I got led to it because I watched a little YouTube clip. So he's the guy that has that clip about they went and uh, um, adopted a son with with a lot of needs. Um, and, uh, and it's really cool because he says the nurse said, you don't want that one. He's no good. And so Ernie goes, we're taking him. And so they bring him back to the United States and, and, and talks about that relationship and stuff. So that led me to the book and I found a lot of really great nuggets in the book, uh, on its own. And, and one of the things is he signs all his emails and their family motto is trust God, period. And that theme goes all the way through the book. And so he's actually raised Catholic, um, which I didn't know when I started the book. But uh, but that's kind of that theme goes through. And he talks about a lot of different adversities through life. And he had cancer and just all sorts of different things. And his motto is always trust God, always, period, or trust God, period. And, uh, and so I thought it was really good. Um, my son is reading it because he's an NBA guy. And so he got him hooked. And so he's actually reading some quality, decent stuff because it's it's that uh, for those of you that don't know, Ernie Johnson is the uh, you know NBA on TNT commentator with Charles Barkley and, and Shaq and Kenny Smith, and he does a good job of you know reeling all those guys in. And yeah. he's gone through some hard times like with cancer and all that. So humility I guy, he's... appreciate that because I didn't know who Ernie Johnson. Did you really was. not know? I didn't know. Oh my god! I mean, now that you say it, yeah, yeah. No, Ernie. Had you seen that clip where he went Ernie and, and spoke to the? Uh, no, no. You I need haven't. to watch that clip. Maybe we can link that one in there too. Um, but. Uh, but it's really cool because it gives an understanding of every single human life has value and dignity. And the nurse, wherever they went and adopted the child, was like, you want a good, healthy child. You want someone who has a future. This one is no good. And like essentially would have just left him there to die because it had no value. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a really cool human dignity and value uh, part two. Man, speaking of NBA, real quick, a little bit off topic, but watching the playoffs that got started, you know, is it Joe Mazzula, head coach for the Celtics? I think we've maybe talked about here, but it's cool playoff game. He's got, you know, everybody on their staff has their Celtic green quarter zip, like all, you know, coaches wear, and he's got a pin on the other side, you know, opposite of the swoosh and the Celtic thing. And, um, you know, it's a cross and, and Joe Mazzula, it pretty cool to see this NBA coach making a million dollars a year and making sure he's pinning, you know, cross on his, on his clothing all the time. So, and he's talked about it in, um, we've talked about it in here. I think he's the one that says, you know, what royal family? The you know, Jesus, royal Mary, family. and Joseph. Jesus yeah. Mary, okay. yeah. Yep. So if you're going to watch NBA playoffs, look for the Celtics and see if you see uh, Coach Missoula wearing that wearing that cross on the sideline. So, all right. Well, thanks for sharing your learning experiences. And, Mateo, we'll figure out how to get that reading rainbow. That might be illegal, though. I don't know. That might be copyright. It's a good thing I only played. I think that show's so old. You just I don't got us know. canceled. You just yeah. got us canceled. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> you're not allowed to do bumpers anymore, Chad. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, it looks like we're ready for questions from our audience. Hello, thank you for calling the Three Bald Guys voicemail. Please record your question or message. Jeff, Bill, and Father Jared are excited to answer your questions about the Catholic faith, life, and everything in between. At the tone, please record your message. Okay, we have two. Um, and Jeff, you said these might be from Abilene. Yeah, we'll see. Go with it. I don't remember, but they're really cute. <laughs> why does the priest have the biggest toes? Yeah, so if you can, why does the priest have the biggest toes? No, <laughs> no, no, no. They <laughs> no, said I... biggest toast. Oh, toast. Yeah, yeah. he's got bigger toast. toast. No. Yeah, toast. <laughs> <laughs> we got All right, it. Do, do it again. Toast. It's funny. Yeah. And this is from like a first communion class, also. So. They sent a video. Yeah, it's a video. Why does the priest have the biggest toast? Yeah, so why did they get the biggest toast? 
Yeah. I can't unhear that. Okay. So why does the priest have the biggest host? I've always wondered that too and never asked him. But you know, because when the priest holds it up, theirs is much bigger than the one that I receive. Yeah. Why is that? So it's basically... You're the hungriest. Yeah, we're a big deal. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Priests are a big deal, and therefore we... I mean, we've earned it. We put in the time, the effort, and... That uh, does make sense. <laughs> no, that's not the reason. Sorry, youngster from wherever you are. He's we don't from know. Sa- from St. Andrews, where you went. For sure? That's, I thought you yeah, said we weren't no, sure. I, I think that was St. Andrews, okay. yeah. Okay, great. Representing St. Andrews. Um there is actually a rubric. The rubrics are the red part that the priest reads that tells him what to do. And so there is a rubric that says he shows the consecrated host. So after I've prayed the words of institution, which are the words of Jesus, the consecration prayers, then I elevate it and he says it show, he shows the, pre, it shows the host to the congregation. Um, and so the idea then is the thought that the congregation is able to see it. So if it was a tiny little host, probably they wouldn't be able to see it. Um, now that kind of got, well, Uh-oh, he's <laughs> oh, get himself in trouble. here we go. Here we go. It's to a point where they, they were started making like Frisbee hosts, basically like these oh. giant, <laughs> giant hosts that are like, seriously, they're the size of a Frisbee. Like, I don't know. There, Maybe St. Peter's Basilica, if you're sitting in the back, that you that need it, large, you would yeah. need it to be that big. But uh, I don't know any. And so then you run into practical issues there because you're fractioning. Like it takes like five minutes to fraction that giant frisbee host. <laughs> so anyway, that's a political topic in the amongst the uh, the priests. <laughs> but you're gonna get mean mugged. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good question. That's a great yeah, question. Nice. Okay, we have one more from a girl in that class. What do we do if we drop the host? What do we do if we drop the host? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a consumer, right? You pick it up and you consume it? So, yeah, I mean, that that is one of the options. Some priests are going to recommend that you have the, the priest pick it up if you're a minister. I mean, if you're priest is distributing communion to you, like oftentimes I'll quickly reach down to pick it up first, but, but there, I mean, ultimately rather than just leaving it lay there that you would pick it up and consume it is uh, sort of, yeah, within, within the bounds of, so. Can, can we, I got another question for this. So if I'm a, a Eucharistic minister and I try to watch the person consume the host while they are in front of me, Yes. Because, like, I mean, I, not that they're going to put it in their pocket and go do whatever with it, but I, I feel like I remember Father Keith saying, you know, look at them in the eye, like, you know, and you'll hold the host up so they, they see it, and then watch them consume it. Like, what's the reason behind that? Just so you know that they consumed it? And they're, yeah, it's okay. basically for, for protective, whatever, safety, not safety, but pr- protection of the Eucharist, because this is... I mean, we believe this to be more than just a, a blessed piece of bread, but that it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And therefore, there's nothing more sort of sacred in that moment than when we come to commune with our Lord. And there's no greater sacrilege that could happen than somebody just coming up to take it and use it in whatever way. I mean, there's YouTube videos of desecration of hosts, and there's obviously satanic black masses where they will use a consecrated host. So there is, and it's increasing the, 
the number of abuses to the Eucharist that exist out there. And so, yeah, we do rec- we do train all of our EMHCs, Extraordinary Ministers of Holy Communion, to make sure they see the person consume the host. Oh, so. good. So Father Keith can be proud that I do remember there that from training. Yep. I do think it'd be good, though, like as I see some of the same ones that, you know, we're always helping, you know, or not. I mean, it'd be nice if we had more lay people being you know, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, but I guess, or maybe we should have less. I guess, I don't know. You guys are both looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> we're, it's funny because we, you, you tiptoe on a, on a political, sort of a political topic within the church right now is, uh. is that question of extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. Uh, the establishment of ministers, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, um, yeah, you is, gotta get my son. Remember the, the very first. Well, I mean, the very well, first word well is it. extraordinary, and that's not just to say these are great people, but it's extraordinary. It's outside of the ordinary. So technically, it's not supposed to be the ordinary. The the priest, the ordained minister, whose hands have been consecrated by the bishop, uh, technically is the ordinary minister of the sacred host, the sacred species, as we as we say in liturgical terms. Um, oh, that makes, so, that makes a lot of sense though. I mean, yeah. So, so technically, yeah, that's supposed to be the ordinary thing. Now, if it is a situation where it's absolutely not possible to, in a conducive way, distribute communion to everybody in a timely, timely manner. And that's where you get into the, the question mark is what's timely and what, you know, what takes, so what's too long or whatever. But anyway, yeah. So that's where that gets into the little bit of a touchy subject. So good to know. Thank you, students from uh, St. Andrews, for those questions. I love hearing the voices of of the students say because, like, they they're so inquisitive. You know, they want they want to know. Is where yeah, forty year old me just thinks I know. So <laughs> or goes to YouTube. Yeah. All right. Topic number six: mystery envelope question. It's a mystery. I guess I guess I feel like this is false advertising. Um, there's no there's no envelope here. So it, it is a folded piece of paper that I, yeah. I haven't seen. Bill, yet, so. b- Bill's just got lazy though. No, no, like, I, this is These wait, are wait, the wait, ones wait, that wait. I made when we were two bald guys in Matea. There's extra. Wait a way to go. Well, after I'm just Matea. saying. Where's the where? Yeah, and speaking oh. of bald guys, Bill, this you haven't the, cut your hair in a nah, while. I know oh. I too. man, I shaved my head this morning because, because of, of this. this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so man, come on, Gru. Okay, here we go. Mystery question. If you were an inanimate object, what would you be? Hmm. This feels like one of those interview questions. Would you rather be a doorknob or a blade of grass? <laughs> yeah. And Is that why? a thing? Yeah, I got asked that in an interview one time. If you were... not, the, not when I interviewed you. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And the uh, idea was like the blade of grass can work with other people really well. The doorknob likes to interact with people. Like, I mean, there's you can BS an answer out of there. Uh, so you're implying that you have human sensibility as this an inanimate object? I don't know. You know I'm going to go. You know I'm going to go deeper onto this. Whatever like, you feel. Then I, I need to. Whatever you feel. You know, I would like to be the uh, sam- sound panels in this room. <laughs> They're. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're soft, much like in my personality. I, I'm, a, I'm a soft person. I'm caring. Um, they get to soak up all the knowledge that happens in here. Um, they're 
they're fun to look at. I mean, they've got little designs on them and, and they're purposeful. They Awful. serve a purpose. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I would say the sound panels, the sound panels in the podcast room. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, think, what deep. if you're the sound sound panels in the, you know, some music studio where you heard, I don't know how great thou art for the first time recorded by the Oak Ridge Boys. I don't know why I said Oak Ridge Boys. That's just what, <laughs> it's what my grandpa watched. That's their favorite. <laughs> that's their best hit. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, oh, I know the, the Oak Ridge okay. Boys. Heck yeah. Figured you were yeah. clogging at Dickinson yeah. County yeah. Fair to that. Doom pop, boom pop, <laughs> yeah. mom. Isn't that the Oak Ridge Boys? Yeah, I think so. Elmira. Yeah, yeah. Elvira. I don't Elvira. remember. Yeah. Anyways, let's All right, move so on. Yeah. Sound panels. Bill, what I'm do you good, got? And, and I'm a good listener, so. Bill, you are you are already an inanimate object. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't I don't know what. Uh, for some reason, a clock popped into my mind. Uh, I don't know. There's rhythm and order and something. I don't know. Like, Always, I, I got no, that. Uh, makes that's a good one. Yeah. I, I really got nothing better than that, but. That popped into my mind. I thought maybe you'd say basketball. That would be cool too. I should have said basketball. Be passed from person to person. Well, when you started talking about being, you know, where you get to hear all sorts of stuff, then you thought like being the desk at, you know, the Vatican or something like that, or in the White House or something like that. But just be present when all of history is being made or great discussions are happening. Or it's interesting the differing ways that we've gone around, gone about this because my mind went for some reason went immediately to like the best view uh like what so i was thinking like a you know a tower on top of like a mountain or on top of a skyscraper or i was thinking then i was like a a satellite you know orbiting the earth just constantly getting to see the beauty of the earth that's cool Uh, somewhere someone is psychoanalyzing or analyzing (laughs) us yep Yep. Yeah. They know. So, what what is yours, Father? No, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Satellite. Those are, those are mine. I'm go. I'm gonna stick with satellite because I just went like higher and higher in my mind and like. So, but then, but then you said the question about oh, people like you'd be around a lot of different people or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that would be as, as isolated as you could possibly be as <laughs> being a satellite, which part of me thinks that would be nice. Oh, and then, man. yeah, we would all, we like human contact. Great question, Matea. Good one. Thanks Good for job. Matea, what about you? What would you be? Um, I would probably be a coffee cup. I think I like coffee, and so I think that's very representative of me. But I also think of, like, the conversations that happen at coffee shops or over coffee dates and things like that. And I, that's what I think. Huh. That would have been good as well. Nice question, yeah. Have you brought that up as an icebreaker before with your community theater group? No. That's got to be like an early, if you guys could be <laughs> anything and every, nope. every theater can. I just thought of it. I thought it would be fun. Huh. All right. So topic number seven, calling all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. All right, guys, uh, bald guys, tell me some things that are on your mind that need some prayers. Bill, we're going to have to start with you. I'd, I'd say let's offer some prayers up for any marriages or families that are struggling right now, uh, particularly financially. You know, one of the biggest stresses in a marriage is, is financial things. And with inflation and things like that, I, I've seen more stressed out people at stores. I've seen more stressed out people paying bills and, and uh you know, so just maybe some graces sent to those families that are struggling a little bit that they can uh, stay together and, and rely on each other. I'm going to go with uh, those struggling with 
um, their mental health at this time. There's a lot of people, not just in our diocese, but all over the world that are going through things. And I, I hope that they can turn to prayer for themselves, but we need to keep them in our prayer. And especially if you know of people in particular, you know, say their name when you're praying. And, and I think the more that we pray for them, um, you know, the more that we're going to be able to help them because they're all over. Father Jarrett, what about you? Um, it's intriguing again that I think what was on, what was fresh on Bill's mind is the marriage from the, from the retreat thing this weekend. Um, and I always come back to a similar theme. I've prayed for, I think retired priests. I've prayed for, uh, our, um, seminarians. And one thing that just was on my mind recently, the archdiocese of Kansas city has actually had taken a hit in the last 10 years amongst its young priests in terms of the number that have left active ministry. Some have been laicized. And so just thinking that there's, uh, if there's an attack by the evil one, which we absolutely believe there is, that he roots it in fatherhood in terms of, uh, as well as family, breaking apart families, but also in the spiritual fatherhood of the priesthood. So if he can get a priest to, to falter, then obviously he's greatly successful. We should always, that's one of the reasons we should always be praying for our priests. And it's also on my mind, the priests, uh, our younger priests got together, um, this morning. Unfortunately, I didn't make it out there. I'm <laughs> doing a, a funeral this week and had to meet with the family and ha- got called to the ICU this morning as well. So for a different family. So anyway, but just always pray for our priests, young and old, obviously, but yeah, just, uh, always the pressure's there. All right, that brings us to the end of episode six on season two of Three Bald Guys. Father Jarrett, can you close with a prayer, please? Let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman and through the Holy Spirit, fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage may prove mightier than all the weakness and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe.